0: You're listening to The Marginally Geeky Show, the epically geeky book
1: club. Greetings and welcome to The Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight uh, is episode 40 and we are talking about Star Wars Aftermath Life Debt. Uh, Tonight I have uh, Jen and Sean. How are y'all doing?
2: Living the dream. All right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it is only us again because uh, our fellow Canadian friends uh, didn't get through the first book. So it didn't really make sense that they'd get through the second book either. <laughs> so uh, I have a feeling it's going to be us three uh, on the next episode as well when we finish up this series, which is fine, which is great, actually. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and just get right into it. This is book two in the Aftermath series by Chuck Wendig. Um it takes place immediately after the uh, second Death Star. Well, the first book takes place immediately after the second Death Star uh, explodes. And this is the continuation of the stories of uh, some of our, our old school heroes. A lot more of our old school heroes kind of really show up in this one. And uh, and it's the continuation of the heroes that we got and the bad guys that we got in the previous book. Um, so just kind of a brief overview. Did, did you enjoy the book, Jen?
0: Yeah, I liked it. And, um, I felt like it was less, there still was some of it, but it was less, uh, jumpy and, you know, overwhelming, like with new people mm-hmm. than the last book. I think that was one of my critiques was like, oh my God, I can't keep up with who this new person is and what this storyline is. Um, there was still some of that, but not nearly as much. So it was easier to follow, I think. And we got to see more Leia
1: yes we get to see a lot more leia uh sean what were your overall thoughts
2: um yeah it, it didn't jump around quite as much as the first book it was easier to follow it felt long though um there was a lot to this you could have broken this one up into like smaller books so that that was yeah. the one thing. i was like holy crap they're still going <laughs> uh yeah um and not saying it was bad it was a good story but uh yeah, time wise, this was fi-
1: almost 16 hours to listen to. So, yeah, well, maybe that was why.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was.
1: It was definitely a longer book. It was definitely longer than the first one. So, um, I enjoyed it as well. I, I actually enjoyed this one. I think more than the first book, mainly because, um, well, like you brought up, Jen, and and actually both of you, uh, the fact it doesn't jump around as much, and when it does, I know to expect it now. Whereas with the first book, it was like, okay, uh, let's let's do an interlude, and we're going to talk about something completely off the top, you know, kind of off topic or whatever. And you don't never know if you're going anywhere with those. So whenever it happens on, you know, this time it's like, okay, this might be something big, this might be something small, whatever. Um, but I, it did it definitely seemed more linear, and I think it also helps the fact that um, we now know who the core team is from the first yeah. one. That was one of the big things from the core team, like. Um, John Burrell doesn't show up until late in the first book. And he's, he's one of the core team members. Yes. Um, so it's one of those things that's like, well, am I supposed to care about this guy? Is he actually going to hang around? And, you know, we know for, we know who the core team is. So we know when we bring up Sanjir and, and, uh, um, um, uh, snap and it, it just, you know, we're like, okay, I know who it is. I know where I'm going, you know, um, but, you know, let's keep moving with that. So, um, so, like I said, this does pick up with the the from the end of the uh, the other book. Uh, the empire is basically crumbling. Um, uh, Grand Admiral Sloan is doing her best to try to you know build an empire, uh, but she's kind of she, she's realizing now that um, oh jeez, we talked about this right before the show. And what was his name again, Jen? Uh,
0: Gallius R- Rax. Rax. Yes. Rax
1: that he's basically the mastermind. He's, he's, he's the puppet master and she's coming to realize this. She's not, she's not just going to lay down and take it, but she's also kind of like, she's also in a position where she's like, okay, well, I kind of have to go along with this and let's see where it's going. And there are moments where, you know, she feels like, well, maybe this isn't such a bad thing. Maybe, maybe this will work out. Maybe this is for the best. Um and then you know just immediately you know shit hits the fan, um so our group ends up they're they're after the the book starts off they're after um they're they're going after a uh, a a former um um member of the empire and they're trying to get him and it's kind of funny because we have the same situation they're in these these hanging. Uh, the, the, these hanging cells or whatever, like they were in the fir- first book. I was like, well, that's kind of odd they reused that, but whatever. <laughs> um, so we they get out of there. They're going back. Uh, you know, they're bringing him. Uh, uh, you know, back to justice, whatever. He ends up dying. Um, and in the process, we end up finding out. Uh, uh, Leia's like, you know, has found out that um Chewie's missing. Chewie's been missing since the the first book, and Han is just out gallivanting around. I say that he's looking for Chewie. And then Han goes missing. So she gets the little group that we have and tells them, you know, hey, I need y'all to go find Han and bring him back. And that's kind of what the real focus of the book is. Um, Anything in particular that kind of stood out that you Um, really enjoyed? Well, one thing that really bothered me was,
2: uh, like, not reading a lot of Star Wars and stuff like that, watching the movies and all that, but how... Poorly, the New Republic was treating Kashyyyk.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. They they really make a very good point of pointing that out, how the New Republic wasn't going to help Kashyyyk because they weren't, they didn't care. There's other, more people, other people we have to help with. They'll have to fend for themselves.
0: Especially when we find out there's at least one prison on that planet, you would think for no other reason than to free those prisoners the Republic yeah. would be interested. Not only that, but, like, obviously it's the right thing to do. This is essentially, you know, species that's been kind of enslaved. And, um, yeah, it was just an awful situation. And it kind of lent to a little bit of speciesism or whatever oh, yeah. you want to call it, <laughs> which was very prevalent in the Empire. But you expect more from the Republic.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing, and I think this book does an even better job than the first one of painting the 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 galaxy as being you know just because you know the empire is you know was defeated essentially like this the war was definitely not over we still have lots of battles going on um and it wasn't just like like it said it wasn't uh whereas you know when the emperor stepped in he was basically just you know casting aside the old republic and and now he's the head and everything's Everything's in place, they already have, you know, um, supply lines set up, the army's already set up, you know, everything is ready to go, whereas this is literally building a new republic from the ground up, and it's not easy, and it's it's ugly, and it's... there's a lot of crap going on to deal with.
0: Well, and what really uh, struck me was, like, you had kind of these factions within the New Republic, where Mon Mothma was kind of like... We need to, you know, move to peace and demilitarize. And she wanted to do this all really quickly after, you know, winning against the Death Star and killing the uh, Emperor. But there were still so many planets under Imperial control and so many people, you know, kind of being enslaved by them. It seemed kind of counter to what um, they did all the fighting up to that point for. Like, why would you defeat the the emperor and all this other stuff and then turn around and just like say no nope, we're not gonna um use you know ramp up our military and free these people it, it just yeah it just seemed like they were working against each other and and then their whole naivety going into that big celebration with the peace talks was just
1: oh, kind of yeah, silly to me
0: yeah
1: so um yeah one of, okay so the interludes there were a couple that really stood out to me number one um, I love the fact, you know, we have this thing going back to um, uh, 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 back on Tatooine, and we have this little interlude, this little side story of the uh, the Beastmaster <laughs> no, from, no. from from Empire <laughs> from from no, Jedi sure. that you know runs in crying. You know, it's just poor you know, guy just,
0: had a rough go of it just, after.
1: Yeah, because I never, I will never forget that scene. Watching it as a kid, I'm just like. This big, you know,
2: overweight like,
1: guy. Yeah, like looks like he's like, you know, he's he's you know, he's part of Jabba's group. Like he's got to be freaking he's got to be a bad guy and he's crying because the giant monster died. Like what's going on here? Like that kind of broke my brain as a kid. And then, you know, you have this part where he's just like, you know, he gets attacked and he's almost just like, "Go ahead and end it. I I don't have a reason to live anymore." Yeah. Um, and then and then he gets hope. Off-
0: it was kind of cool to find out what happened to the Sarlacc after yes. all that speculation and, oh, did Boba Fett get out? Because you're like, you know, if, if all that stuff happened to it and it was, like, dying from the inside, it's very possible now, you know, to think. Well, supposedly what
1: supposedly we're going – now, it could be a flashback scene, so we don't know this for certain, but supposedly we're, we're going to get Boba Fett in the yeah. second season of The Mandalorian. Yeah. So – uh you know which also takes place after all that stuff so it's like okay well ma- surely he did survive but yeah when it was when it was specifically bringing up the fact that it wasn't just that you know part of java's barge fell onto the sarlacc and was hurting it was like no it was ripped up from the inside and i'm like yeah he lived he he.
0: yeah there's no way i mean he wasn't there too he wasn't in there too long and then he's like yeah the jawas are you know harvesting parts out of part of its yeah. belly and i'm like how big is this fucking thing. Oh, guys. it's
1: it's got to be huge. Yeah. Uh the other interlude that really kind of got me was the um the one with the reporter and her cameraman and yeah. and the, when the cameraman uh, gets killed. That was a like so, that was very gritty. Um if you remember in uh, uh solo the the scene where he's on the he's in the battlefront when he first meets um you know you know some of the other characters or whatever. Like that's like the gritty, gritty war stuff that we didn't get to see a lot of, you know, especially in the movies. Um, and you know, these Thai pilots are literally just like, you know, uh, suicide bombing the city is. It's just crazy. They yeah. have ejector seats. So,
2: yeah.
1: That's very true. They do have <laughs> ejector seats. So, um, but yeah, like that's that's the only weapon you have left is to just, you know, fly your ship into a building and just hope for the best. So. Uh, and then
0: the scene on Ryloth where they're—you saw the opposite where they had just abandoned posts. The the Imperials yeah, yeah. kind of just gave up, and it was interesting like how different it was in different parts of the galaxy and how everyone reacted, you know, in their own way. Like some people dug in and tried to keep power, and some people were like, "What are we still doing here?" You know, and like walked away from the Empire. And honestly, I
1: mean, I could. I could see how that would happen. Like, you know, cause you, you are going to have those hardcore people that are like, well, I don't have anything else to do and just keep on keeping on. And then you're gonna have other people will be like, well, this was fun. Let's go do something else now. So, and
0: we know that there were deserters based on, you know, episode seven, eight, nine, uh-huh. where we learn yeah. a little more about those stories, which is something we had never been introduced to before, you know, the newer movies and books. So that was an interesting, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then we also have that one scene with uh, with Moz um, mm-hmm. where we get introduced to her. And I I like that introduction. I love that it 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 gives us a lot more backstory because going back and, uh, you know, I've, I've rewatched the movie since I I read the series. And, um, yeah, seeing her her palace and, and everything is just it's totally different now because you're like, wow, yeah, there are all those different flags. And, you know, it's just like I thought because at first you're like or are they just kind of banners or whatever but the fact that they are literally flags from all mm-hmm. these different places throughout time is like no it's it's literally like she said you know everyone's welcome as long as you don't fight and if you fight yeah. you're done fucked up so
0: yeah i kind of thought we might um like she would have a bigger part in this one after we first met her and maybe this is where she meets han and you know she shows up to help them but i you know maybe we'll get more of that in the second the third book
1: so Sorry, I'm eating ice. <laughs> uh-huh. I thought you were gonna go on a little bit more. Um, so, uh, <laughs> <Your> fault, <Jen. laughs> yes, it's your fault. No. Uh, so anyway, the, the the big thing is is they they send the group. The group goes off. Um, once again, I love I love the um, I love how this group interacts with each other. Uh, you, you know, you have you know you got her. She's the mom. She's basically like you know. Uh, 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 Nora is, is, you know, kind of like the mom figure or whatever that everyone follows. Uh, the bounty hunter is just kind of like, well, you know, listen, I I, I do what I want to do. But, you know, you get this sense that, you know, and, and she does say, it, you know, at near the very end, you know, they're asking, well, why are you wanting to do this? Why are you wanting to go on this stupid mission? There's you didn't even ask about money. And she's just like, I would like to find, I'd like to do something for just to do. I'd like to do good to do good. Just just for that reason. Um and you know, so you, you you get that, but you also get it from um, oh, what is his name? The um, the X Imperial. Uh, um, Sinjir. Sinjir. Yeah, I still love Sinjir. I I, I love yeah, how he's, he's just. Great. You know, I'm I'm sober. This is not good. I need something to drink. <laughs> uh, to get me through this. Um, Mister Bones continues to be freaking oh my awesome. My God. Uh, I, I'm with great. You. I'm with you, Jen. It, it, if you really think about it, the droids are some of the best characters in all of the, in all of everything. Um,
0: mm-hmm. and so, his he's like trying to be more human and.
2: Oh yeah. The people fact...
0: And saying things, it's just like hilarious that he's like creeping everyone out even more because he's trying so hard.
2: You have to listen to the audio version of him too. It is so
0: well done.
1: It is very well done.
0: Yeah, when I read it, I'm hearing it in the droid voice, but it's yeah, it, when...
1: it's close to that, but it is a little different. It's it's kind of yeah, it's 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 interesting. And I, like you it, said, the way the
2: are all in the wrong places. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and it makes it so good.
0: Um and just the way he's so giddy about talking about like eviscerating people and stuff yes. like that oh yeah i will i will amass <laughs> violence against everyone yeah. i'm excited <laughs> then, like when he goes to hug uh what's his name snap and his dad it's like yeah. so <laughs> it's great um
1: so so uh so Leia sends the group out they end up finding han um and they they find this uh i i like the idea of of how the um the uh um uh, not camp the uh prison on Kashyyyk worked. The fact that it was like it used it used gravity basically it was creating its own gravity well that you know you couldn't technically get out of unless you had figured out a way around it. Um, but uh, so you know they go to this they, they go to this uh, uh prison and they break out a bunch of people to include Chewbacca. They end up finding Chewbacca, of course. That's the main reason they went there. But then Nora finds her husband that she's been missing for years and years and years in fact it was the ma- it was the real it was the reason she left uh snap in the first place was to go find her husband
0: i uh, had a feeling that was gonna happen when they yeah. broke all these people out and i was like this would happen right after she like starts getting <laughs> interested in wedge i felt so bad for wedge after all that because
1: poor wedge
0: you know, <sighs> <sighs>
1: these are... oh, and it's, it's and it's one of those things like and you know something's gonna happen you know it Something's going to happen because whenever all the information gets back around to, uh, you know, gets back around to Nor, uh, to, I'm sorry, Sloan, and then, um, um, what's it? I'm blanking out Rax. his name again. Uh, yeah. He's like, no, let him go. And she's like, what do you mean, let him go? Just let him go. It's fine. Everything, everything is working out to the way that it's supposed to be. It's like, okay. Then some like, other what is shit's his going plan? On. Oh, Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because he led them there. He basically like laid the trap for them. He knew they what they wanted, and he 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 even sent one of his star you know ships into um, get destroyed to make it look like they were putting up a resistance. It was just really weird how everything was so planned out. But that's always how it is. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. As like a, a surprise ending goes, this wasn't a surprise at all for this book. Like you knew. Like yeah. I'm really skipping far ahead here, but you knew what those prisoners were. Mm-hmm. Like
0: they were hooked up; that. their brains were being, yeah,
2: yeah, reprogrammed. You'd have to be a drug chimp not to figure this one out. <laughs> yeah. like, it was.
0: <laughs> but pretty the pretty Republic ridiculous. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, they didn't.
1: <laughs> I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but I knew something bad was going to happen. Like I was mm-hmm. like, but but like you said, it was like I didn't have it exactly figured out. But as soon as – and what we're talking about is uh, – if you're listening to this, uh, what we're talking about is <laughs> – spoiler, so, yeah, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. If you uh, – so once they break out all these prisoners uh, and they bring them back to uh, where they currently have the, the the current capital of the New Republic is, uh, they decide they're going to have this – they're going to have an, an Independence Day. And they have a big um, – they have a, a huge celebration. And right as Mon Mata is talking about this, they have all these prisoners there. They all – instantly turn and just start firing upon people in the stands. They fire up Mothma. In fact, uh uh Nora's husband fire is trying about you know is going to assassinate Mon Mothma and, you know, she stops it barely uh just in the nick of time. Um but she also knew something the other the other giveaway with that of course was um what is his name? Um Brenton? Uh yeah the so when he had when he basically mm. Knocks out Snap. It's like, oh, okay, this is this is not right. What the hell's going on with this? And it really does give away what's going to go on. You know, something's happened there.
0: when well, well, everybody was that, just yeah. I was gonna say like everyone was just Dirt here. The
2: blacked out time, like him going for walks and like not being able to have the relationship with Nora and him, Like there were so many clues to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it almost was too much.
0: Yeah, everyone that came back was, like, not themselves and having trouble adjusting, and that's to be expected, but yeah, to the extent that they were and how much they were gone, it seemed kind of like someone would have picked up on that.
2: And what kind of bothered me was the way Temen was acting during like all a this, again? Like, ignoring Nora for how Breton was acting. I don't know if that was, like, I don't know. that's a typical kid thing or something like that because of his age but He's i don't know brat. it just it, yeah it bothered me i i don't know why it did it's like every time he went into it i'm like
1: seriously kid grow the fuck up yeah like, you're
0: no joke.
2: starships around and stuff like that and you've killed people and it's like and you're having a problem with this yeah
1: yeah it yeah i it, it did kind of bother me as well um snap just i don't know he he kind of i don't want to say he's bipolar but he definitely kind of you know flings back and forth but then again we are supposed to keep in mind he is and you know he's a teenager and you know he's kind of had a rough life so it's kind of like well i can kind of get ready
0: sean coming up I've on got teenagers, two
2: teenagers. <laughs> two of them right now so i'm i'm lucky
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, also, maybe that's you know, why it bothers you so much.
0: <laughs> this could happen at any minute. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing that happens that is kind of the the, the big deal is uh, when all this is happening on uh, on Liberation Day on their on their Independence Day, um, as soon as this starts going down, uh, um, Sloan was under the impression that you know, hey, while this is going on. The Empire's going to show up, and they're going to, like, destroy everything, and they're going to show you, you know, you pathetic little – your mm-hmm. pathetic new little republic that it's nothing, that it's crap. And when all this starts going down, she's just like, you son of a bitch.
2: Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So – and and the, was, and the fact that her, her right-hand man turns against her, that's what really makes her snap, though, is when she's yeah. like, you don't have to do this. And she goes, no, he's the way – it, and you know, it. it she that, that's the breaking point for her. Is the well, fact he that he
0: seduced her? He totally like was working that from the other uh-huh. angle, and I was like, okay, so this guy has a little bit of game too. On top of everything, he he had the because he's only what in his forties, if you. 40s so or... Yeah, yeah, because it was 30 years before that he was found. Okay,
1: yeah, and he, so, was, he was like a teen, he was either he wasn't quite a teenager, he was still young, yeah. so yeah, he would have been around, so, he'd be somewhere around the 40 mark.
0: At first, I was grossed out, and then I was like, wait, he's he's actually kind of young, so maybe this makes sense, and he might actually be good looking and charming. And he's knows, younger than but. I am, not <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God> hurt. <laughs> awkward so anyways uh back to kashik and
1: but yeah so that that, at that point she's just like okay well this is this is bullshit and it's literally her quote-unquote final test is that you know she's like you know this is this is the way this is how we have to go and she's like no this is not how the empire is going to work we're not going to sneak around we're not going to do all this you know, cloak and dagger bullshit. We are the empire. We're going, you know, we're going to do things the way that, you know, the old way. And this is kind of, you know, and this was a big thing in the previous book was talking about what is the empire going forward? Are we going to stick to the old ways or are we going to, um, are, are, are we going to have to change? And, you know, you've got, you know, half basically saying, you know, we need to change, we need to do different things. And then the other half's like, no, we need to, you know, stay true to our to our core beliefs and this is this is the breaking point right here and it's obvious that the new way went out because um on the way out she gets shot and you know you, you think she's maybe dead uh but then Brennan teams up with her never and die. and then they go off and and actually the third book is a lot of their adventure together um we'll talk about, you know, odd bedfellows. I mean, you know, <laughs> He, he blames her, and she's like, no, I'm not the person you need to you need to go after. In fact, the same person you want to go after is the same person I'm going after.
0: The enemy of my enemy is my friend.
1: Act, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Oh. So uh,
0: can I just say, because um, we kind of know this is all going to happen based on, like, uh, Rax and um, Sloan's conversations and then the prison break and the weird stuff happening um, – we know something's going to happen. Right. But then like one by one, you see our big heroes that end up in the, the last three movies, not at the scene. So you're like, OK, so they've developed this clever like si- not side story, but like way to get them out of there. So we've got Leia and Akbar and Wedge and, you know, a few others who just happen to not be there conveniently when all of this goes down for for a good reason but it was just interesting that like you know in Star Wars land there's always something convincing but also like way too coincidental <laughs> to make <laughs> the well, story you, work
1: well let's talk about that for a second so they um after they after they bust out uh Chewie and a bunch of other people um, part of the group decides to stay behind and they're just like, we're going to liberate, you know, if the if if uh, the new Republic's not going to show up to help us out, we're going to liberate Kashyyyk herself. And they got like half the planet liberated. Like they were doing a damn good job. And then just, you know, things, you know, cobbled around them. And it's at that point is when uh, Leia shows up with, you know, with Calvary and they, you know, crush what's left of the Empire there. Uh, and then fully, you know, uh, uh, fully free the planet. And so it's at this point we have, you know, this, this scene. It's like, you know, well, what are we going to do from here? And, you know, once they find out about what happened, uh, you know, back at the new Republic, of course, Leia like I have to go back and Han has to make the decision. Is he going to stay on Kashyyyk and help Chewie? Or is he going to, you know, go back and be with Leia and be with his family? And of course he chooses that and, of course, Chewie's like, well, then I'm coming with you. And he's like, no, you have to stay here and do your own thing. And, yeah. you know, I, 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 I teared up
0: during that scene because, you know, that was hard for both of them. And...
1: and I love the fact that the way they portray Leia, even though she is his husband, you know, Han's husband, Han's wife, <laughs> and she's pregnant and it's their family. She's like, but that's Chewie, like splitting those two up like that's you don't do that. And yeah. you know, she, it was, it was hard on her to, she didn't really even ask it. She's just like, I'm going back. And he's like, well then I'm going to go with you. He didn't even, I don't think she even asked him. He just said, I'm, I'm going back with you and I'm just, you know, I'll see you again, Julie, but it's just, it, you know, that was, that was a hard scene. So. yeah.
0: Can I also just say, going back to what Sean said about how poorly they treated that planet and just kind of blew it off. And then they turned around and celebrated the release of those prisoners and kind of like took it as a new Republic victory. That really pissed me off that they did nothing to help officially. And then they, they were like, Oh, all these war heroes have returned and Mm -hmm. liberation day. That was bullshit. Like, Mm -hmm. and then they didn't stay, stick around to help with the rest of it either. You know, it was just like, okay, well, good job. Thanks for doing that. And we're going to, you know, just ignore the rest of the planet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was cuz I mean honestly, I mean it, it said, you know, Leia basically was like, "Well, I'm kind of giving up everything to go do this, but this is what I've got to do." And mm-hmm. then um uh Wedge was like, "Yep. Whatever. If if I've not if this is the last thing I, last time I fly, this is the last time I fly." And of course, I love, I love the fact that Akbar was just like, "Nope, this is what I'm doing." So,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Y'all can they do whatever y'all want when I come back, but of course the nice thing about that is 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 showing them celebrating it's like well then you can't really discipline them too much because if you're going to if you're going to show you know put them on your shoulders and show them as heroes you also can't really turn around and be like all right well you're dismissed. So
2: <laughs> well but, all the pilots and all that were a bunch of rejects anyway were they not they were the yeah. ones that were
1: Oh yeah Phantom squadron was greatest. all reject stuff so <laughs> But,
0: Which you would think they would take anyone they could get, considering how strapped they were for people and resources. But exactly, that's so, just me.
1: What did you think? Um, what did you think at the very end? We get that we get that other flashback of um, of Rax's where he meets with Sheev oh. Palpatine. I'm like,
0: okay, weird.
1: Sheev's an interesting first name. That's fine. <laughs>
0: We I knew that he, about him, though, didn't yeah. we? I'm
1: didn't pretty
2: we? sure we did.
0: Okay. Yeah, like back when he was an emperor, but he just went by Palpatine. But or, I, I'm sorry, a senator even. Senator, I'm
2: pretty sure it was in Phantom Menace and all
1: that. See, I thought for sure he would have he would have said just like you know, just call me you know, Sidious or call me you know something like that. So,
0: um, I was surprised that he sent the kid back after all that talk about a new life. And then he's like, but you got to go back and watch these, you know, this dust collect or whatever. But it was interesting to kind of see the origins of Jakku and its significance, which we still don't quite know yet. But um, I think at this point, like, we don't know that the emperor had a kid, right? Like we don't really find that out until episode nine. So I'm now I'm kind of looking for clues of that. Like, Why would this kid go back to Jakku knowing that, like, it was kind of a hot spot for all the stuff happening? And then, you know, there's a lot of questions coming up because of that.
1: Well, he did tell him you have a choice. You can either go back and watch over my stuff or I'm going to kill you right now.
0: I'm talking about the Emperor's kid.
1: Oh, the Emperor's kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, when
0: he goes back to Jakku to hide, but he goes back to the planet where, you know, all this shit's going down and... Why does everybody keep going back to Jakku? Because, because like, we keep going name? back to
1: Tatooine. Every time you turn around, we're back at fucking Tatooine. No, but Tatooine.
0: that's what Finn says. Everybody wants to go back to this planet. I yeah. just want to get out of here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Something about those sand planets, man.
0: Yeah. I have a shirt that says that. Got to get back to Jakku. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I, I wore it when I met Bill Nye a few years ago, and he was looking at it, and he was like, what does that say? I feel like he was impressed. I'm just saying. Nice. <laughs> I'm going with that. <laughs>
1: um. Was there anything else y'all wanted to throw out there? I I know we're kind of condensed. You know, there's a there's just so much stuff in this book. It's it's hard to number one. It's hard to remember everything, and I don't want to go by. I don't want to go blow by blow on it either. Um.
0: I just want to say I'm getting a little sick of how emotionally stunted these characters are. Like, all of them are afraid to have intimate, like, mature feelings, right? (laughs) Um, Jas and Jom get together, but they're, you know, she's too proud to admit that she has feelings for him, and she kind of breaks his heart. And then, um, even, like, when he, you know, basically abandons his post to come help. And then Sinjir meets someone, and he kind of does the same thing. He's like, well, I can't have attachments that's weakness, and they'll use that against me. And I'm just like, you guys are fucking stupid. Like stop ruining your lives and, and ruining your chance at happiness with this. But they're also like, you know, like I said, they've got so much baggage and shit they can't work through. And it's like, it just pisses me off. I'm taking a lot of this personal. Okay. I don't like seeing potential love matches go to waste.
2: There was a good coupling in there. A and uh, Rax.
0: Oh God. I thought you were going to say Wedge and Nora.
2: No, no, no. It's all about Rax and idea.
0: Yeah, I mean, we only got to see one little scene of that. but
2: Oh, it was enough. enough.
0: (laughs) Your imagination worked over time. Exactly.
2: That's what I have
0: it for. Anyways, that just annoyed me.
1: I'm like you. I I, I understand that. But I've also. And see, when I look at that, I want to say, yeah. But and then I think about people I know in real life and I'm like no I know people like that well
0: and I get it like they've had fucked up lives and they've gone through some shit but you would think that would be more reason for them to be like wow this person really makes me happy and helps like you know appease those feelings those negative feelings I've had my whole life but at least we get like Han and Leia who you know we never thought he would settle down and be kind of the the devoted type and and you know, so far they're working out at least. We know that, you know, things happen later, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good to see them happy.
1: And of <laughs> course, we keep hearing, you know, we keep hearing about Luke, but, it, you know, there's no hide nor hair. Yeah,
0: where the so fuck is
1: Luke? This That pissed me off. Luke's just like, and I'll be honest with you, we keep, I'll go ahead and tell you this about the third book. You still don't see him.
0: So I mean, Leia refers to him a lot and is like, I could really use your help right now, Luke but yeah. we know he eventually comes back. It's just annoying that he also just kind of runs off and hides and abandons everyone when all this shit's gone down.
1: Well, apparently this is the time when him and... Um, uh, um,
0: the guy uh, that went to that, to search for the thing.
1: Yes, like this is this is that yeah. time when he's out, he's out trying to find the Holocron and he's, you know, doing all that stuff before he comes back and starts... All right, well, I guess I should start retraining Jedi. So yeah. this is probably also the time when he actually finds the the original Jedi temple to, you know, start getting some of that information to bring back and start working on it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we don't really – we don't get any really any of that. And I wonder I, – I bet you there's a book, a book series. That? I bet if there isn't already one, I bet there's going to be one because, I mean, they're really kind of filling in, trying to fill in and, and, and pad everything to be, mm-hmm. you know, a very solid – uh, interconnected story, which I'm okay with. You know, I like getting this extra stuff. Um, going gonna forward though,
2: it's going to be a Disney TV series. Ah,
1: no, because then they'd have to, they'd have to, unless they do an animated version, which that would be fine with that. Because I mean, it's not like Mark Hamill uh doesn't do a really good ro- voice work. So, um, It'll yeah, really I has, really want not mind it worked that. for Han Solo. <laughs>
0: Can you guys like imagine having to watch a show though, or read a comic book series, or whatever, and watching Ben growing up and just knowing like what happens? Like that just seems like it'd be a little heartbreaking to have to witness that.
2: The you know, like Clone we did with Wars.
0: Anakin. We, we we did with Anakin, yeah. But it uh, was you know it was already hard enough with him, and now like we
1: do with the Clone Wars. Like, yeah. oh geez, seven seven seasons of watching. Man, these clone troopers actually have personalities, and they're really devoted to the Republic to the point that, like, some of them, you know, flat out was like, "I am not following," you know, did everything they possibly could to not follow Order Sixty Six, and then hate, hate the Empire afterwards in uh, in Rebels because they're like, "No, I was devoted to the Empire, or to the uh, Republic. The Republic, you know, was for the people. That's what I was taught as a child. You know, whenever." I was being cloned and stuff like that. And the Empire is not that. And they, you know, that was one of the things I really liked about Rebels is they hated the Empire. That what few <laughs> clones survived hated mm-hmm. the Empire. Because they were like, this is not what we were, That's this is not what we were born.
0: We in. were brainwashed, yeah.
1: So, um, but yeah, um, well, all right, I guess let's go ahead and, and wrap this one up. We do have one more book in the series. The next one uh, we'll be reading for next month is uh, Aftermath uh, Empire's End. Um, and this is uh, – I, I will tell you we do start getting more information that leads into – that that better fills in for Episode 9 because we start hearing a lot more stuff. We did hear it in the end of this book as well with them talking about how the outer uh, – the outer rim is where we're going to, you know, have the resurgence of the empire. Uh, So we start getting more of that ideology that uh, if we're going to rebuild, we've got to go way far out away from everything and then Mm -hmm. come back in, you know, like, you know, like a thunderstorm.
0: I have one more thing. Uh, And I'm sure this is, this becomes more apparent in the next book, but Rax obviously is someone of great importance. He's very secretive. Like nobody really knows who he is, where he came from, but, you can really see now that you've seen the the seven eight nine you can really see the emperor's fingerprints on a lot of this with him like he had to have known this whole time the emperor was still alive he was obviously his his puppet or whatever so I'm interested in seeing how that plays out because
1: yep you we will know more that information
0: yeah we know that he's behind the scenes but then like we don't really know he's still alive until episode nine right so
1: yeah. Um, this is like plan. He's like plan J. <laughs> yeah. Like the emperor and it's has crazy
0: light, that the emperor was able to think that far and prepare for all these things at once. Like he had so many people in play and you never knew from the movies. And
1: yeah. 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 Cause in the movies you just knew that, you know, he was, he was in charge of everything and Definitely. that Vader was his enforcer and mm-hmm. that was about it. But then, you know, you see meeting with like, you know, he met with his council in, you know, in, in uh, was it Empire or was it Jedi? And like when Vader shows up, like the rest of the council walks off. Like Vader, if if you go back and rewatch that scene, it becomes very apparent that Vader was not part of his High, high Council. Like he was his enforcer, but he was not, uh, you know, privileged to a bunch of that other stuff, which is why Vader kept going. Well, then fuck you. I'm gonna go get my boy and mm-hmm. and you know we're gonna take you out. So. But yeah, all the different all the different plans and stuff going on. Like I said, this you know, just kind of jokingly, he was part of Rax is like Plan J. Yeah,
0: he's got. <laughs> so, I mean, there's other books and uh, stories about other people that he was training on the the sly and you know, getting like like not just training like this like Rax, but like dark side stuff. And he had apprentices. Mm-hmm. And anyways, it, it's just interesting that his mind can work that many ways.
1: I very much part. think. I very much think of it as, uh, you know, more so because you know it's being fiction; they can extend it. But very much so, how um, Hitler was doing things, it was always because you know you find out, okay, you know he had all these plans for all these different fronts and everything. But then it was like, all right, well then we're gonna really we're gonna dedicate a group, you know, to finding science and trying to find this ultimate weapon, being you know nuclear bomb. But like he was investigating like. you know, uh occult shit. And just like if, if there was a weapon or way he could find to get around it, like he was, he was reaching for it. And I very much kind of feel, you know, they're, they're basing the emperor on that type of ideology of, Oh yeah. You know, let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And well,
0: Star Wars was, was very much based on world war two. I mean, yeah. George Lucas was, I mean, he called Vader Vader. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, but, um, what was I going to say? Oh, the other thing that is striking to me is like he had the foresight to be like developing manufacturing plants or whatever on the far, far, far reaches of the galaxy. So far away that like news of that didn't even get back to anybody in the, you know, the core systems. And that to me, that's just amazing because as much technology as they have and as much back and forth as people, you know, supposedly they can just be anywhere in the galaxy instantly because that's realistic science. Like (laughs) I just find it really hard to believe that like nobody had an inkling that any of this shit was going on on entire planets. Like, I don't know. Yep. (laughs) Star Wars magic. Yep.
1: (laughs) Um, so like I said, so next month we'll be reading the third and final book in the aftermath, uh, trilogy. Uh, it's called empire's end. And, uh, then we'll wrap this series up and we, then we'll figure out what we're going to do next after this. So I think I think we have our book decided after that. So uh, but we didn't really call a vote. So I'm not going to I'm not going to quite announce that one yet. So um, let's go ahead and move on to uh, what else you're reading. Are, are Are you reading anything else, Jen? Are you have you time to read anything else? <laughs>
0: um, I did finish. Well, no, I didn't finish, but I've been listening to The Omnivore's Dilemma for another book club for the Planeteers. So it's by Michael Pollan. It's a book about food and it's an environmental, like where our food come from, comes from, why we eat what we eat as omnivores and kind of why our food system in America is the way it is and how we came to be like subsidizing corn and, uh, you know, just the way we raise our animals and livestock and and industrial food it's it's kind of eye-opening and depressing at the same time but there's also <laughs> some like some hopeful stories about you know folks who are kind of doing some different things to change that and yeah so if you if you want to learn about that that's pretty interesting but um yeah the omnivore's dilemma that's Good it
1: deal uh sean have you been reading anything else
2: um yeah some far less educational but more entertaining uh things uh, I finished off the two Bruce Campbell uh, <laughs> books. Which,
1: okay, are they about his lo- are they yep. Are they fiction or nonfiction?
2: Nope. Nonfiction. So okay. The first one is If Chins Could Kill uh, Confessions of a Bee movie actor. And it takes place basically from a kid up until like 2002, something like that, just around the Spider Man movie, something like that. Okay. And then he writes another one, um, "Hail to the Chin," <laughs> and uh, it it's just a continuation and all that, and it it goes into like not only like his life, but uh, like what he's starred in and it's, like "Burn Notice" and mm-hmm. remakes of the Evil Dead and Ash. Like he's I think he's probably gonna put one of these out like every decade or so now. Um, they're Really yeah. entertaining. Um I listen to the audio versions of them, so it's him reading them.
1: <laughs> oh he's reading them?
2: Oh yeah, he's reading them. Well, oh, man, that I would sounds, expect yeah it sounds I,
1: fantastic that then.
2: And it it's another couple books that I would have no problem just listening to over and over and over again. I don't I even looked up like Burn Notice to like purchase the whole series. I've never even seen Burn Notice before, but like he's in them and i'm like yes hey, really? like even he when he's talking about seen. like xena and hercules and stuff like that and because he he was in them and he like directed some and i didn't realize yeah, that i really never really got into
1: those shows i didn't know that
2: yep uh, i remember seeing him when i was a kid watching like hercules and xena and mm-hmm. stuff like that i remember him being in them so no it excellent books and right now i uh i'm reading the fourth book in the not alone series uh fractured union highly recommend the series i think i've talked about it before um know. the first one could have been a standalone book but they he's done a really good job of continuing the story now the first one was you could believe that it could happen in today's world like mm-hmm. right up until pretty close to the end it's like everything is like holy crap this could happen um but now we're more into like the science fiction aspect of it which is it's still good still good reads so yeah i'm about halfway through that uh, fourth novel right now so yeah not alone series by uh craig falconer
1: good deal yeah, you talked about them before. They're they're still on my to-do list. Uh, I actually have just finished something that something else that you recommended, um, the Trader's Tales books. The There's there's a, a continuation that we were talking about before the show, but um, there, there's six books in that series, and I literally waited a month, held on to some credits, <laughs> read the first four, and then was like – I was like, all right, I'll just wait. I've only got a couple weeks left, and finally – broke down and told my wife. All right, listen, I'm buying a couple more credits. I got to finish this series. <laughs> so, <laughs> um I I think at some point I we I might recommend it that we we could recommend it for the show. Um it but it's six books, so I mean that's half of our half of the year unless <laughs> we wanted to do multiple books at it, you know, at a whack and I don't know if we could quite do that, but yeah. uh it's Even a lot of reading for
2: some people.
0: How uh, long are they? Like, was some
1: yeah, they do vary. Actually, the first several books I thought were a little on the short side, and the last two or three books are like double the length. Like there's a lot to get in those last couple of books.
2: Yeah, the first ones are only about seven to eight hours, and then by the end there they're like – I think they're 12, 13, something like that. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. they were. No, Owner share is 17 hours.
1: Yeah, 17 hours. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I I enjoyed the book. They're definitely – at no point are they super like nail biter or you know anything like that. They're very I don't want to say calm cuz there is stuff that happens in them, but they're just you just fall in love with the main the main character Ishmael and like he he never wavers. He's always he's always a good guy. Um and you just you fall in love with the guy and you're just you want him to see him win and he sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. So um but yeah, there it's I I really enjoyed the series in fact I'm I'm probably I go back to work next week. Uh I've got six 10-hour days ahead of me. Uh so I may be going back through them again like cuz <laughs> that's when I tend to go back through and and re-listen to some stuff. So uh I you know I've already recently redone the Bobaverse and the um magic books and I think this may be a good one to go back through. So
2: Yeah. Actually, going, I was going just reading, So that series that takes place after a Trader Tales I was telling you about, it's like a three book series. But there's a character you meet in that series that I'm just reading, Nathan Lowell started another series based on one of those characters. So I haven't <laughs> I just happened to find it. And
1: uh-huh. uh, I'm gonna hold off
2: right now, I think. But gotcha uh, I, I really like Nathan Lowell. Um I, I think he writes for a science fiction author, he writes really down to earth. Human yeah, I agree. stories so and i always enjoy those yeah I, I definitely enjoyed it and
1: the 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 narrator they have for the audiobook version is really good too so
2: you really if you can find the original podcast with nathan lowell the, mm-hmm. the writer because he narrates the first version of it and that's what i i spent years listening to that so it was hard going to a different narrator that's i can understand that. To, what series? Uh, the Martian. I haven't listened to The Martian with Will Wheaton. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: I, does he narrate that? They
1: redid the it. time round. Yeah, he they redid it and he he narrated. He, I, I still have the original version, and I he's a good narrator. I like the stuff that I've listened to where he narrates, but I don't know if he's for me. I don't think he's the right voice for that because I'm all, I, I I fell in love the first time I, I listened to. Yeah, uh, the Martian, and and I like that version. So
2: yeah, um, there was quite a difference between the narration for the Trader Tale series with Nathan Lowell as opposed to I can't remember the name of the new narrator, and he did a great job. But like Cookie was the biggest one um, from the first couple books in the Trader Tale series. Mm-hmm. Nathan Lowell had a very distinct voice for that character, and it's completely changed and it kind of changes the tone of the book a little bit too oh okay it's still good but it's it's different it's different I don't like change
1: I understand <laughs> <laughs> I understand because uh, if you go back and you listen to uh the Babaverse books um I don't know when was the last time y'all gone back and re listened to the Babaverse books
2: it's been a while but I've heard that they've
1: changed. They re-recorded it, and it's still it's still what's his name? It's still the it's still the the same narrator, but the beats are different. Um It 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 like especially like when he's when when Bob is first learning to talk. um It's definitely you can definitely understand what he's saying better, mm-hmm. but it it just it's different. It just sounds different from the first time I heard it, and yeah. To me, I'm just like I kind of like it better the first way. So
2: in the uh, the like fan groups on Facebook that I mean, Jen and I are both part of for Bobiverse, uh, that seemed to be a common complaint going through the boards that they didn't people are like. Did they change this? Like I just re listened <laughs> to it and people aren't really liking it. Yep. But those are the ones that have listened to it like four or five times already that yeah. could pick that up. If you've only listened to it once, you probably would never have picked it up.
1: And you can tell, like it, the 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 cadence is a little different because all three of those books sounded the first time I listened to them. They all sounded very much alike. and you can definitely tell the cadence is a little different between books one and then two and three flow because they didn't re-record those two. So if you go back and re-listen to them, you'll you'll notice it. You'll notice the first book sounds a little different. And then the other two sound like you remember them too. So yeah, okay. that's interesting. You know, we probably should, maybe we should just do an episode talking about that. Just, you know, uh, things that we like or dislike about the, you know, the audiobook experience. So
0: the narrator makes or breaks it, man.
1: Uh, okay. yeah, because yeah. some of Stephen King's books, he narrates and he does a, he does a good job at. And some of them I'm like, yeah, maybe you should have got someone.
0: Can you keep <laughs> trying to get Luke Daniel on the show?
1: I, I, he, yes, I'd love to. I'd love to get him on here and talk. him. I keep with him spamming
0: so. his Facebook post and being like, "We'd love to have you," but he probably <laughs> some creepy at this point. So, will,
1: Luke, if we you're we listening, <laughs> <laughs> so
0: it's funny. I'm list- the book I'm listening to, um, Michael Pollan's book. I keep having to recheck the name of the narrator because it sounds very similar to Luke Daniel, and I'm like, it's not him, but the inflection in a lot of the things and you know i'm listening a little faster too so it's kind of like some of the stuff sound yeah shut up
1: Yeah. <laughs> some of the stuff
0: sounds similar so it's just weird like what speed are, what speed
1: be. are you listening to it jen
0: just like 1.3 or 1.5 i can't do double speed my brain you, can't keep up with that
1: <laughs> and you know but it but it it makes it easier to get through it yeah and just yeah
0: i've if even been want- listening to some of my podcasts at one and a half just because sometimes there's so many I want to hear. Mm-hmm. And it gets weird when I slow it down. It's like, do they really talk that slow? Do I talk that slow in real life? It's no, so-
1: you don't. It's it's but I, I but yes, especially especially listening to audiobooks, because like, okay, so my mom constantly listens to everything on speaker on her phone. And we'll go over there, and she'll be like, "Do you mind if I listen to one of my audiobooks?" We're like, "Yeah, that's fine," because you know we we might be doing other things, and listening to her book when it's recorded, and they talk <laughs> like this, which is a perfectly fine way to read a book. But I'm so I'm so used to double sweet. I'm just like, "Oh my god," she's been talking for five minutes and haven't finished the sentence, <laughs> or at least that's the way it seems. So, yeah, but yeah, um. Well, let's let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. Uh, Jen, where can we find you online?
0: Um, You can find me here on, this is Marginally Geeky, on Sustainably Geeky. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said that. They all uh, blur. Which, know, which is the environmental one that I host. Uh, we just did a show about seed saving and gardening, which was pretty cool. Um, on the parent show, Epically Geeky, and then Creatively Geeky, where we talk about creative things. Um, yeah, and then on the social medias, uh, at Het's Gonna Be Me.
1: Sean, where can we find you online? Uh,
2: I don't. Know, you tell me. Uh, what am I on now? Uh... <laughs> he's not. One... He's
1: on. He's on almost all the shows. Go look for him. Go look for him at Epic League. You'll find him. Yeah,
2: there. I'm around. Yeah. It's <laughs> around. Uh, oh yeah.
1: And then. <laughs> uh you can find us at epically geeky on facebook instagram and twitter uh you can find all the shows on epiclygeeky.com uh and then you know if you would please give us a five star on itunes google music google Play, wherever wherever you find podcasts you can you can pretty much find us there so and as always if you want to follow my individual wacky adventure you can find me at optimus Shane on facebook instagram and twitter for everyone on the site have a good night